Hello and welcome to the Living Life Differently podcast. We are the Mahojos. I'm Amy. And I'm Ali and we live in a static caravan on a farm in South Wales with our son Ollie and our dog Dizzy. We're currently on a year off together, waiting patiently to get going on a European campervan adventure. In the meantime, we decided to set up this podcast to share stories of women who are living life differently, women who are doing things different to the norm. So if you're feeling a little stuck in life or need confidence to make some big changes, then keep listening as we have some brilliant guests. In this episode, we speak with Natalie and Amanda, who are living full-time van life in Australia. Listen as they tell us about how they got into van life and how they make money on the road. Enjoy. We've been following you guys for some time now um, on your adventures. So just for people that are listening, tell us a bit about yourselves, where you're from and where you are in the world right now. Yeah, sure. So my name's Natalie. And I am Amanda from Brazil. And I'm Australian. We currently live in Sydney, Australia, and we are traveling around our beautiful country in a converted um, ex-school bus, which is our tiny home. Yes. Brilliant. And so how long have you been living in the bus for now? So we've been living in our bus for coming up to a year and a half. Um, and then probably about nine months of that, we've been traveling around Australia. around Australia. Fantastic. So are you in Sydney at the moment or are you in another part of the world? We are currently in Melbourne, actually. We just arrived here yesterday. We had spent the past um, six weeks in Tasmania, um, which is, if for those of you who don't know, it's like a separate state from Australia, kind of like a mini island at the bottom. Um, so we had to catch a nine-hour ferry with our bus across. So we've just arrived back onto the mainland in Melbourne, yeah. um, Victoria. Fantastic. Um, Amy's visited Tasmania and has got some really ah. fun memories of it, haven't you? I spent um, almost a month travelling in, and again in campervan. Um, we didn't. Wow. We were fortunate enough to have the funds to actually have a campervan, so we hired a budget um budget van yes and we went to the pub and we discussed our plan what we were going to do and then this woman was like oh I've got all this camping gear you can have yeah so oh, wow. they, yeah so it was just amazing the people in Tasmania were absolutely superb and I had the best apple crumble in my life there <laughs> oh yeah oh, delicious I, I haven't <laughs> no well no I made one actually because while oh, we were there yeah. it's wild apple and wild blue uh, blackberry season so there's wild apples growing everywhere and blackberries like like crazy. So um, I basically Amazing. foraged them and made a delicious blackberry and apple crumble. It was really, really good, wasn't yes. it? Yes, so good. <laughs> oh, guys, you're making me hungry. <laughs> so tell us a bit about, um, I don't know whether to call it van life or bus life, because yeah. you, you call it a bus, don't you? So yeah, how do, did you get but into I, that? I guess the universal saying yes. is van life, isn't it? True, it is. How did you get into it then? What was the decision to, you know, what was the motivation to say, right, we're going to get a bus together, convert it and hit the road? So when we first met, which is coming up to five years ago, um, I actually had a little van that I had converted um, by myself and was planning to do a bit of a trip around Australia, not really knowing what I was doing, where I was going. Um, and then three months before I left, I met Amanda and basically on the first date invited her to come with me um, <laughs> to travel. Yes. And so we did probably, how, how long did we travel together for um, on that trip? One month? Yeah, about a month. So we drove from Sydney to Adelaide, um, so across two states together. And I actually continued on driving across to W to Western Australia. Um, eventually, long story short, I came back to live in Sydney. We were together for a while doing weekend trips. And then um, we just felt like we outgrew the van. We were actually walking home one day and saw someone with a bus that had converted <laughs> it. And on our way home, we were like, oh, let's buy a bus. Yeah, <laughs> because um, I think our main thing was is we wanted to have the luxury of showering, having hot showers wherever we were. Um, having the luxury of having a toilet um, convenient at, you know, any time. So I think a bus seemed more realistic in that sense that it could fit all of that and we could live comfortably in an uncrowded space and call it home, you know, not feel like we were just 
um, yeah, I guess feeling too claustrophobic. So that's how we came into uh, bus life. Yeah. So what kind of facilities have you actually got in the van? You've, you've mentioned a shower, but what kind of setup have you got for people that haven't seen the pictures? It's really like a tiny home. We have pretty much everything. Yeah. We have shower, toilet. Um, we have a full-size fridge. So it's about, it's fridge. an upright 175-litre fridge. So we've got a freezer and um, the fridge. Double bed, normal. Yeah, yeah. normal-size double bed. Normal-size double bed. A dining area, which converts into like a kind of like a big lounge area the as well. The oven also. Yeah, we have a cooktop and an oven. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing that your your vehicle is tall enough to stand up in compared to some vans that are a bit a bit more pokey. Ah, yes. Yeah, although we did have someone come and visit our van today who couldn't he couldn't stand up. Oh, but but I, he was giant. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, it's probably what I'm One, 172 centimeters. I don't no. know what that is in inches. 180, yeah. I think, because I am 172, and I okay. still have a bit yeah. Of, yeah. So I reckon if you're above <laughs> if you're above six foot um you probably couldn't stand up that's why if you were that tall you'd probably opt to go for the high top sprinters and things like that um so our bus caters height for most of i guess people that we come across yeah yeah most normal people (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah so you mentioned um you know on on uh, kind of when you guys first started getting together um you were like hey come come away yeah. in my bus you know and yeah. like really early on so h- how did you guys meet then how did you get together we actually met online so yeah through a dating app so we um yeah pretty much connected and within a couple of days we went out on a date and it was the first date and that was yeah it went really well and <laughs> yeah. I was like well do you want to come met, traveling yeah we met Friday and then I think from M- Monday, we were like pretty much married. <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a gay thing, but no, actually, it was like that. Like, honestly, it was like we had our first day, and then the next day, she invited me, yeah, to go to a friend's dress up party. And then by Monday morning, I was like, oh, but even on the first date, yeah, I was kind of like, well, you know, I was traveling as a solo female, and I thought, would you know, I never thought, but we just got along so well, and she had. You, how long had you been in Australia for? Maybe one, one, one and, and a half, half years. Yeah. So she hadn't really seen much anyway. So I was like, well, you know, let's just if get you in. to come with me, I was like, wow, yeah, sure. <laughs> Brilliant. And, yeah. and what was life like for you both at the time? Like, where were you living? You know, what were you doing for work and stuff before you set off into the sunset together in, in the van? Um, we both are working with kids. So. Yeah, yeah. So as a in, nanny. Yeah, in childcare. Mm. Um, and I, actually, just prior to meeting, I had never actually been with another woman, so I hadn't gone on any dates. I was just being with guys my whole life, so it was a big um, change for me to first be on a date with a woman, having opening my heart to that sort of um, idea. And but yeah, it was amazing because obviously we got along so well and yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of where we were at. Uh, mm. We were living different sides. If For those of you, if you've been to Sydney, there's um, the east and then the north. So there's a harbour bridge that connect, kind of connects the two. So we were living opposite sides of the bridge. Um, yeah, so, yeah. That's mm. kind of the this stuff. is so this is so cute because it isn't just about bus life and living life differently now. This is like a little love story. This Aww. is so cool. It is. It is. Yeah. True. So I spent about um, nine, ten months traveling around in Australia itself. Um, where um, have you been so far in Australia and where's the places you're looking forward to go to next? So so together on our first little van trip we traveled from sydney um so across victoria to south australia where i actually dropped amanda off at the airport um in adelaide and then i continued on across the nullarbor over to wa so western australia and i traveled up the west coast um all the way up to Broome, which is quite far up so I've I've done WA, Amanda's done South Australia, Victoria. Oh yeah, we also did Kangaroo Island, which is an island off South Australia. We had just recently done 
um, the east coast. So we went all the way up to the Daintree Rainforest up in far north Queensland. And that for us was um, incredible. Um, I don't know if you guys have done that area, but that was just memorable. It's such a magical place up there with such an ancient forest. And then it's amazing because you've got two um, World Heritage listed is it World Heritage listed places? Yeah, because you've got the Daintree, which is, I think, yeah. one of the oldest rainforests, and then you've got the Great Barrier Reef, and they're side by side. I think it's the only place in the world where two heritage listed places um, meet. So, yeah, and then also, obviously, we've just been to Tasmania. Yeah. So that is pretty much everywhere except for the Northern Territory that we've been. Um I mean, Amanda hasn't done the West Coast, the West Coast, so she'll will be doing that. That's our aim. Um, so Northern Territory and WA is our next, I guess, um, destination. Yeah, that's brilliant. Because Amy and I have um, been to Australia at different times in our lives, and we're different people. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. when when you're getting off the places, like personally, I've done. Um, let me think. I was in Melbourne for the Commonwealth Games, which was okay. a, a while ago now. And Melbourne's such a beautiful place. Yeah. Sydney for Mardi Gras. Um, And then got one of those, I think it was, I don't know if they still exist now, but it was like a dollar a day camper van. So you could take a camper van Uh, from one location back to another. Uh So um, my partner at the time, we got a camper van in, I think it was Adelaide, and we drove it to Perth. So we went along the Nullarbor. I don't know if you want to tell people a bit about the, the Nullarbor and why it's so kind of iconic. Yeah, so Nullarbor is um, Null Arbor, which means no trees. So it's like I think the 80-mile straight drive Mm. where there's just flat, middle of nowhere, no trees, it's just a straight drive. It's actually through the uh, south centre. So it goes across the Great Australian Bight. Um, For those of you who don't know, it looks like someone's taken a bite um, out of the bottom of Australia. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. There's no one to be seen and nothing around. And I think between each fuel stop, it's about two hours. So you really got to be uh, fuel-wise on, on that trip. And I think as soon as you pass any car, you kind of wave crazily at the next person because it's probably the last person you'll see in the next couple of hours. Um, and each fuel stop is also a restaurant, a caravan <laughs> park, a hotel, a pub, a post office, everything in one. And a supermarket, yeah. So it's kind of like, it's yeah, it's a very interesting um, drive. A bit boring if you're doing it by yourself. There are some stops on the way that you can see, you know, the cliff faces and things like that. But it's about a 12-hour journey, I believe, 12 to 15-hour journey. So you can usually do it in about two days if you really want to get it done quickly um or three or four days depending on your time so yeah it's it's interesting (laughs) and also when you cross over from south australia to wa you have to go through quarantine so you can't bring any fresh fruit or veggies or plants or anything it's to protect i think just the agriculture industry on the other side of australia that's just brought back a really vivid memory for me um driving down the Nullarbor and, and seeing people sporadically so yeah. <laughs> we had this little pop top camper you know the one where you you pop up yes. the roof and you sit in it and then you pop it down and you drive off so driving down the Nullarbor people coming towards you and they flash you and you give them a wave and the next car flashes you and give, gives you a wave and then pulling into the next rest stop someone was like hey guys you know you've still got your pop top open on your van uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, oh. I wonder why the fuel was going down rapidly and it there's a there was another tank as well um ah. there's like two petrol tanks I get I don't know if that's oh, a, yes. a thing yeah. yeah and uh turns out the pop top was still open which was pretty oh. embarrassing you thought people were just saying hi but they're probably waiting <laughs> like, put it down yeah idiots <laughs> British idiots <laughs> oh. what's the biggest challenges you faced so far with uh, living full-time in the van of us hmm. spending too much time together <laughs> oh, <laughs> no honestly it's true though I mean we love each other and we do have a really strong relationship but I think you know when you live with someone you go to work for six you know to eight hours a day come home make dinner and do those things together and because we work from the bus as well we don't have a lot of time to 
you know, spare part. Time, so, yeah, yeah we, I think it's more of an effort because we can go a day of working going, shit, you know, I haven't taken that time for myself or just some space. So I think that has been a bit of a challenge, hey, in the nicest way. Her man is nodding at me with his wide eyes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so far so good, but it is the most challenging thing, I think. I think that's it because we don't really face too many well, other Well, I miss, I miss uh, my yeah. people and my, my friends and family in Sydney. Yeah, having the home, home base and – Yeah. Also, like, having a bit of a routine, you know, like, wake up, go to the work, go to the gym, you know, like, have a routine. I, I think yeah. I miss a bit. Yeah. We don't have any routine. We just do. We try, though. We try and get try our work done, yeah, easy. for most of the morning and then yeah. dedicate afternoons for exploring or sightseeing and things like that. So we try and focus on, yeah. Yeah. But that's obviously give and take of what wherever we go and who we see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like today we haven't done. Yesterday we haven't done. <laughs> yeah. But that, I guess that's the, the good thing about the flexibility of, of the lifestyle you lead at the moment. And you mentioned work. So what do you do on the road to earn an income? Yeah, so we really thought about this before we kind of took off. We wanted to make sure that we were able to earn income while on the road because our last trip that we'd done in the van was all on savings and we came back quite broke. So we were like, nope, we don't want to do that again. Um, so, yeah, do you want to talk about Yeah, I work with digital product, products and, social, and digital marketing, social media. Yeah, so you've got a background anyway in IT. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I – we sell some digital products through um, Instagram and also I work in social media, so managing a couple of um, accounts uh, for businesses as well. And that's, yeah, we have some online courses. And I do some mentorship also, like helping people come from offline to online. So whatever you have, a service or a product, and you want to sell online and just help that people. Too. Help the steps towards, yeah. 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 Okay, so was that quite a big step for you guys to go from what you were doing before work-wise into like more of a digital nomad lifestyle or, or were you already quite comfortable with that? I, I am quite comfortable because I, from back in Brazil, I worked like seven years with IT, you know, sales, marketing. So that was kind of my background. This is where I used to do in Brazil. When I came to Australia, I became like a nanny out of the blue. It wasn't my background, you know, but because I couldn't speak any English, so I had to do whatever take me to eat. <laughs> so, yeah. So for me, it was super comfortable and easy. I mean, of course, I have lots of challenges, but yeah, I'm used to the technology. I think I probably struggle a little bit just because... I'm quite a creative and an artist at heart. So I'm actually focusing on now on creating some more things to start selling at markets and things like that, which is what I love. I'm a resident artist as well as working in childcare back home. So we actually created our first digital product by uh, creating a course, an online course to teach people how to Uh, do the type of resin technique that I do in my art so that was kind of our first project so trying to digitalize what we did um so I do struggle a little bit in that sense and it's not my I guess un you know desire my passion however it suits the lifestyle that we live at the moment so I do kind of thank myself or thank give thanks that I'm able to have that sort of income online Yeah, I think for um for a lot of people that might be looking into van life at the moment, the the what do I do about work is, is yeah. probably the biggest question, isn't it? And I see so many people doing so many different things away from the tradition of going to an office Monday to Friday, nine to five. Yeah. So I think COVID yeah. actually um helped that as well because a lot of people couldn't go into the office, so they had to kind of go online and businesses learn how to change all of that um yeah. and I guess the internet is just bursting with ways that you can make money you've got to sometimes be creative but even in there's so many jobs out there that you can do I guess you've just got to really look and see yeah um but there's you know jobs for everyone it's just being creative I think 
creative in yeah, just looking looking for different different things you know like you can build an online store you can work with digital products like mm-hmm. be a, a virtual assistant social media you can teach another language yeah, you can plenty of job yeah yeah and in terms of other people that you've met on the road that may be doing similar things to you with the bus life van life have you been surprised at how um, kind of creative they've been with ways of earning income while they're traveling not really yeah not really no, most of people just live on savings or just work in farms yeah okay. we do meet yeah. the odd cup the odd you know van life that they do have a business like um, it's not really common in australia like yeah out of like 10 people we met two has business yeah that's true yeah or have because a lot of them I guess yeah people are still warming up to the idea that you can like make money online yeah um and because Amanda currently because she's Brazilian so her native language is Portuguese so her target market is uh Portuguese speaking people so her online courses in Portuguese um her ebook and things like that the mentorships that she do so she's currently trying to um translate, translate it into English. English so I guess she could do the same yeah. um to English speaking people yeah that's cool so do you feel like you've found a nice balance with income um against your expenditure for being on the road do, you know are you is it a comfortable way of life for you guys Yeah, I think what people don't understand is that it's actually a really cheap lifestyle. You know, when when you're living a normal conventional life at home, so say we were paying $500 a week um in rent living in Bondi Beach, Australian prices. Um so just the rent and then you've obviously got all your bills that come on top, electricity, gas, water, phone bills, um and Netflix and all of that. And you know, we don't spend a fraction of that so we we'll probably spend for no, fraction 450 yeah week. 450 a week all up and that's including all our bills that we have like internet for the bus um groceries everything petrol everything yeah i guess that is one of the, the biggest um the biggest pulls i guess towards van life is to be able to leave all those fixed huge costs behind like rent like council taxes mm. water bills electric etc etc um yeah. yeah and i think a lot more people certainly in the uk we're seeing a lot more people interested in van life and hope, hoping to pursue that dream of van life as well for for financial reasons mainly absolutely and i guess over there where you guys are like you have access to the whole of europe which is like a dream you know mm. um i think Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, Australia is huge and it's beautiful, but it yeah, to get it across anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to um the bus you're in now. Oh yeah, tell us about the name of your bus. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, so I don't want to get it wrong. So yeah, it's it's <laughs> pronounced Breeza. I Yeah, Breeza. Breeza. Um but often people say Brisa because that's how it's spelled B R I S A. Um Brisa in Portuguese is it's like an expression it's kind of like to say or oh, t- like keep Brisa like take a trip or uh, like oh, are you dreaming or it's yeah. kind of like a there is no translation from Brisa actually it's like a word that I don't know yeah. it's kind of breeze sometimes it's just it's hard to translate but yeah but it's kind of like, like oh you're tripping Yeah, take a trip take or a trip, like, yeah. oh, are you are you dreaming? It's kind of like that theme. So, breeze of the bus is what our home is called. And what make is the bus? Um, you know, people will obviously link into your social media channels so people can actually see it. But just just describe it to people and tell us what make it is. So it's a Toyota Coaster bus. Um, so these Japanese, yeah. Um, yeah. so the Coaster buses are originally 22 seater. So it's about seven meters long. And in terms of the conversion, did you do all that yourselves? Yeah. So I, well, my father and I did it. Um, Amanda didn't really do. She was more focusing on business side of things. Um. So my dad and I 
got it from a local school. Actually, was it from a mechanic that just bought it off a local school? Um, he fixed it up. So when we bought the bus, we literally took the seats out. Well, the mechanic took the seats out for us. So he kept them because he's a bus mechanic. Um, and we took it home as an empty shell. So probably <laughs> the bus sat there for a couple of weeks and we were like, what the hell did we just do? We just <laughs> bought a bus. Um, and we, you know, my dad's quite handy, but we didn't really know the ins and outs and what we needed to do because here in Australia, I don't know what it's like over there, but you have to mechanically engineer the bus. So um, it basically becomes a motorhome. And with that label, it has certain guidelines and rules and things that need to be overseen by an engineer, a gas fitter and an electrician. So they need to sign certain things off during the build. And then you kind of get it assessed. So we didn't know any of that before we started. Um, so we were really in the deep. We kind of just researched and Googled and spoke to other people in Facebook groups that were doing the same thing or had done the same thing um, and just kind of went from there. So we, yeah, built it up from zero, from an empty shell to our tiny home. Yeah, it sounds like um, from what you said before, it's got everything in it that you need as well. Um, are you have you got any regrets about the layout? Anything that you do differently, or do you feel that you've you've nailed it with what you need for being on the road? Hmm. What do you no, mean? I think it's pretty good. Yeah, um, there's little bits and pieces like different material that we would have used here and there, or just things like that. But all in all, we're pretty happy because our main goal was to really keep the space open and light and airy and, you know, to make it not feel like we were really um, suffocating in there. And it's just amazing uh, because we have windows all the way around. They're really dark. Um, they have really dark tint on it so no one can really see in, but we can see out quite well. And so, you know, it's there's just a, so much light in there, Um yeah, we, I don't yeah. think we really change any of the layout or no. setup or anything. No. Yeah, I think that um, that's a bit of a fear for some people when they're first starting out on van conversions is getting it right. But there's so much advice and guidance online now, isn't there, that you can go on YouTube, Facebook groups, whatever, and and find out pictures and guides and you know exactly. Whatever. And we um. We, uh, have a an ebook that we wrote ourselves as well because when we started the build we had no you know nowhere to look that kind of had everything in one place there were bits in here bits there a website that said this or that and so when we'd finished the build we basically compiled everything that we'd learned and what we what you'd expect so step by step the things that you need to think about on your next move on your next um you know part of the bus that you want to build so and you can adapt it to van life as well so that's one of the products that we have actually it's kind of our saving grace and it has been for a lot of other people that just don't know where to start and just need some sort of guide um yeah it's been been great fathers as well yeah brilliant we'll we'll definitely um share a link to that as well because i'm sure some people would be interested in in seeing what you've done so did you have a, a budget originally from when you bought the bus and for converting it? Did you set money aside and say, right, we're not going to go over this amount? Or was it more of a work in progress? We actually haven't. Hey. No, we didn't have a budget. However, we did put a certain amount of money away per week. So we were really lucky. We didn't really have to dig into savings. We were able to both put aside money per week hey, yeah. to put towards the build. We didn't know what we, you know, what we were getting into and what to expect. So obviously, we tried to go the cheaper options in things, but in saying that, we we didn't want to skimp because we wanted to live comfortably and have like a nice hot water system or a beautiful, um, you know, cladding on the ceiling and things like that. So I feel like in some, yeah, we didn't really have a budget but we tried to make it as cheap as possible. Yeah. And also my father was helping a lot in the build, so we didn't have to pay for any labour costs. It was just a labour of love. Oh, no, I mean, we paid for the electrician and the plumber. Oh, yes, yes, those yeah. things. So we the did. physical build, um, 
my dad helped a lot. And then for the plumbing we and gas, we paid uh, for a plumber. And so those things were a bit more expensive. But in saying that, everything yeah, was we done spent with good quality. Much, pretty much all up, all up 30000 And that's dollars? including the bus. Yeah. Cool. Have you had any mechanical issues along the way? And have you got like a, a budget in case something goes disastrously wrong? disastrously the van um so the the bus that we have toyota the toyota coaster so we've um got an engine which is called the one is one hz engine and anyone out there who's like a, a mechanical nerd um they're pretty much known as toyota's bulletproof engines so they are they use them a lot in the army and things like that so they can go over um, a million kilometers easily if you um, service them regularly. So we haven't had any hiccups. So we bought it with very little Ks on it anyways. The school bus it didn't really travel very far. Um, we've had one small hiccup on the road, which was just one of the slave cylinders in the clutch. But um it's been – she runs like a dream. I actually also, um, before we left on our trip, got someone – I paid someone a case of beer here to show me how to service um, our engine. So I'm able to service it, so change all the oil filters, fuel filters, and things like that um, quite regularly just to keep up the health of the engine so then I'm also not paying a mechanic to do that for me. Um so as long as I stick to servicing it every 5,000 kilometres, um, it's, yeah, our bus has been amazing. We touch wood but haven't had any other issues um, go wrong at all. And we've travelled, yeah, half the country now. Yeah. Brilliant. It sounds like you made a good choice on the bus. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So in terms of full-time life on the road, do you tend to wild camp, stay in campgrounds? Is it a mixture of where you stay overnight? Um, we, our main goal is we really try never to stay in anywhere that we have to pay. So unless we're staying in a um, national park, we have to pay. But, yeah, we usually just sleep on the street. So I don't know. Here they call it stealth camping. So... Um, our bus is quite, I guess, original on the outside. It's just white, still got the original stickers on. So we kind of go quite unnoticed. We often just pull up somewhere quiet at night and just jump into bed. So we'd often, yeah, cook dinner, shower, brush our teeth, do all of that somewhere else, whether it's down by the beach or um, down by a park, and then we'll jump in the bus, drive up to a quiet street, jump into bed, then wake up in the morning and you know, drive somewhere else. So we often just stay on the street unless there's a free camp. Um, we will, yeah, stay in the free camp. But we, we really, I mean, we've probably only paid for, I don't know, how many campsites, maybe five maximum out of the whole year and a half that we've been in the bus. Five camps, yeah. Wow, that's a real cost saver, not having Absolutely. to pay for campsites and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So um, over here, there's, I guess, people do a bit of a mixture of wild camping or stealth camping, as you guys call it, you know, but obviously depending on their location. So national parks, it's not permitted. Um, campgrounds, there's obviously lots and lots of choice. But I do get the feeling that, well, from our experience, when we've been in France, they are so, so much more geared up to um people in motorhomes and camper vans they've got the free Aries that you can just rock up to and empty your facilities and stuff in so in Australia is it is it kind of less um kind of less okay to be stealth camping or is it just not that popular anyway it's just really it varies state to state so in New South Wales you're actually legally allowed to sleep in your vehicle for up to 72 hours um, unless you're obeying the street signs that say, you know, no camping. Um, and then in other states you can't at all, although we still do, but we're really respectful. And major cities usually don't allow, like they don't have facilities to dump the toilet, fill up water. Um, 
However, when you go into country towns, you've got a lot of RV-friendly towns, so they'll offer a place to dump your toilet, fill up your water. Um, often they have free camps as well, so then you kind of – it's a good initiative to spend money in the town and you're not, you know, paying $30, $40 a night on a campground rather than, you know, stay for free, mm. spend money in the local store. Um, so it really ranges state to state and city to city, country towns, um, I know in Sydney, where we live, lived, there was just no facilities to dump the toilet, fill up water, um, and things like that. And we're in Melbourne at the moment. I think there's one place around the city, but you have to pay five dollars. Um, so, yeah, it it really depends. I think the smaller the city and town, um, the better they are with accommodating to people that are travelling. Um, have you yeah. met any other women on the road who are kind of doing something similar, living life that little bit differently? Yes, we actually did. We met uh, lots of women. Ali, G, Ash, yeah, we did. Yeah. Solo they... travelers doing by themselves. Yeah. They, it's quite they, popular. Yes. The girls, they build their, their own vans. Was, yeah. It's pretty common. Yeah. And mm. I guess because it's, it's just so safe here as well, there's no second thought of you know danger yeah at all traveling mm. as a solo woman sure and um and those women that you do meet are they kind of similar age to you or some older some younger is it quite mixed mostly our age hey there was a lady yeah. that had a bus like ours she was retired um and a lot older. Actually, we have met some women. Remember in Tassie, there was that woman that was a lot older in her 60s or 70s. Um, most of them are our age. Some are older. But, yeah, I think maybe we just connect with more women our age. They stand out more for us. Yeah. Okay. And in terms of your travel so far, has there been – one place that's really stood out for you that you've been to in Brisa that you just think, wow, this is just mind-blowing. This is why we're doing bus life. Mm. Oh, so many. <laughs> well, <laughs> places that we went to in Queensland. Uh, Bowen was like that. Oh, yeah. Actually, that was amazing. Yeah. Um, we went to a beautiful town called Bowen, which is, I think, the last... So you've got um, Airlie Beach, which is where the Whit Sundays are. So it's just the top of the Whit Sundays. Um, a cute little town called Bowen, and it was just oh, absolutely so incredible, beautiful. stunning blue water and big boulders down by the beach. So that was probably yeah, we a felt big... yeah, we felt like that many times, yeah. but now I remember of Bowen. Yeah. yeah, that actually came up as well. Yeah, I think, and then the Daintree for me because the up there the. The forest was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and for anyone that um ends up following you guys on Instagram, you, the pictures of the places that you've been are just so stunning, you know. <laughs> I, know. To, to, I know it shouldn't compare to the UK, but you just see those bright blue waters and coastline and, oh, it's just drop-dead gorgeous. So, so Sunshine. Beautiful. Yeah, sunshine. <laughs> we miss sunshine. Yeah, yes. I, know. I think, honestly... <laughs> Um, like we we I just came from yeah. um, Tassie and it was beautiful but it was just a bit too cold for us even though it was summer um, when we were there you know it was cold and raining a lot and sometimes it just got so cold we didn't want to go outside and I think honestly in the, where we've been so far it was probably one of the less liked places that we'd been for sure I think it just was because it was a lot colder and I think that's why we were more suited to Queensland and far north Queensland because the weather was just you know stunning every day and it was beach weather and I think that's more suited for mm. for us and for bus life because our bus is just you know I think we've got like 17 windows or something <laughs> so when it's cold, the the cold just comes straight through the glass, and it, it's like crispy, and it's it's yeah, it's a little bit painful. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a big consideration for anyone thinking of doing van life full time. Is you know, first of all, 
what what's your van like in terms of can it retain you know the heat what happens when it's really hot outside can it stay cool but also you know what you're gonna what you're gonna do when the weather's really bad because potentially you're just shut up together in that tiny space so drink lots of tea yeah (laughs) could drink lots of hot drinks so um in terms of um like your your plans then obviously your little bus can do up to a million miles (laughs) by the sounds of it without any issues so what are your long-term plans for bus life? Is it something you see yourself doing for many years to come? We're just really keeping it open. We don't yeah. really have too many plans, I guess. Um, we're just going to keep until we're tired of it. <laughs> until we get there. Um, our original plan was actually to do six months um, travelling Australia, going back to Amanda's home country in Brazil, spending six months there, doing a bit of travel. I actually just recently got my Irish citizenship. So we thought of maybe going to Europe. And so we were kind of playing it by ear, but um, obviously due to COVID, we've been stuck, not stuck, um, you know, forced to stay here. So I guess we'd like, (laughs) yeah, it's definitely not a bad place to be. So we've, um, yeah, I guess we're just keeping it open at the moment to see. Uh, eventually we would like to settle down or at least have you know a, a property or a place that we can buy um that's probably our future short-term goal and then to have yeah to continue um traveling overseas we've actually had a couple of offers for people that wanted to you know swap homes so their motorhome, say, what was the place like in in New Zealand? We New had an Zealand. offer in New Zealand London. to sw- yeah, in London to swap their motorhome with our motorhome and just you know do a bit of travelling on the other side of the world in each other's motorhomes. So yeah, that's probably our future plans. Well, congratulations on getting your Irish citizenship. Oh, thank uh. you. It's actually crazy because so my grandfather's from Ireland. I mean, he moved here when he was a little boy, but through obviously him, I was able to get it. And it's crazy because I got granted citizenship of the country, and I've actually never been there before. So it just kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, but very grateful, and yeah, that I have that. Yeah, yeah well, I'm sure you've probably seen in media about Brexit and everything here, yeah. and that's going to affect our future travel plans because now whereas we could have gone to Europe and and in the EU and spent as as much time as we wanted to there now with Brexit we can only spend a maximum of 90 days in any 180 day period so that's really um, kind of thrown a spanner in the works for our travel plans Um, we, we should be in our van by now traveling Europe but obviously with Covid and everything um but from my side of family I've got multi-citizenship and we've managed to get Amy citizenship as well so the next step for us is to get Maltese passports and then hopefully that will open up travel again for us because that's been a real bummer but that's just the way it is. (laughs) What advice would you give to anyone listening who's thinking about doing things the way you have living full-time in a van and what do you think are the key points that people really need to consider? Oh, I think, yeah, I think, Leah, I would say to just start, you know, people like normally just, oh, I will do one day yeah, when I get older and then they never do. Yeah, or oh, you I guys think, are living the dream. I could never do that. Yeah, like, oh, this was my dream, you know, like, just do it. Life is too short and you must just enjoy while you can. So this yeah. is definitely something you should consider doing. doesn't matter if you are old or young or, yeah. And I think to stop making excuses like oh but I've got a family or I you know because you know I've got too many responsibilities because you can in some way you know make it happen and I think the key points to get started was just to step one foot in front of the other because it's all baby steps you know um yeah I think it's it's and also yeah and also planning a bit ahead start building a, a little business so you don't have to stop because you run out of money you know like this this type of thing just plan a bit or organize yourself and everyone is able to achieve it yeah and like you said already there's so much advice and guidance out there isn't there you know you're kind of not alone when you start because there are so many different people to learn from and ask questions of yeah absolutely there's a wealth of knowledge just through the internet you know facebook groups we joined 
toilet coaster Facebook um, group and you know there's just so many people on there that would it's better than any, any book that can provide you know they've got living experience and the amount of help that if you just ask um, it's all you know out there and you can learn from anyone so if for anyone that's listening that is kind of tempted to go down the route of van life what would how would you persuade them to do it obviously you've just said look to get started just do it and learn and and you know ask questions but what would you say the best things are about van life to persuade somebody else to go and live that way I think just stepping out of the the rat race really um not being dependent on somebody or something whether that's your boss or a, a bill that um you know that you need to kind of meet I think yeah it's it's just such an, an experience and yeah has it lived up to your expectations in that way then so you know being able to step out of the rat race and away from some of the financial ties and stuff yeah it did definitely and I think just having the freedom to be in charge of your own life um it's yeah it's everything that it does I mean there there are good and there are bad you know you have crappy days where it could rain and you're stuck inside and you know there are days that the engine breaks or nothing goes to plan and things like that so it's not all good it's not all sunshine and roses and we really try and explain that to people you know through Instagram and you know today's a shit day or you know whatever (laughs) so it's not all what it lives up to be um, but in saying that, when you take a step back and look at the bigger picture, for us and our experience, I think it's been amazing. Just, yeah, I think that it all comes down to having the freedom in our lives, um, which has just been, you know, the best thing that we could experience. Mm. Yeah, I totally relate to that in terms of the weather. Um, we're living in a static caravan at the moment before we wait to travel, and the weather's been really good the last couple of days but tomorrow there's going to be gale force winds heavy rain probably rain through to saturday so we're like right we've got some indoor jobs to do let's you know let's still make the most of it while we can you know so that we're not tearing each other's hair hair out and stuff like that so yeah i guess it's quite a bit about adaptability as well isn't it yes 100 percent. and things might not always go to plan or if you plan things and then it's just because at the end of the day like the outdoors is your lounge room you know so it is very weather dependent we are lucky obviously in Australia that it does um it does the sun shines a lot um so yeah props to you guys doing it over there um because it does rain a lot in the (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah we can't wait to head south you know as soon as we're allowed we still hope to kind of resurrect um this time off we've got together and be able to travel south we're going to head to portugal straight away which is where my sister lives and hopefully by then there'll be some nice sunshine there so so baby ollie's been sat here waiting patiently to ask his question (laughs) so he's been he wants to know have you seen many small children on the road while you've been traveling absolutely yeah it's so so common actually um and it's crazy because there's a family that we know quite well and they've got three children that live in the bus the same size as the house actually no they just sold it they did travel australia they just sold it and they're upgrading um but you know we've come across families with five kids um three kids two dogs crazy the yeah, the amount of people that are actually realizing, especially for kids, the the amount of so education and the learnings, you know, by living on the road, um, is, ah, they're just living life to the max, you know, having such a different type of education, and it's just, yeah, it's priceless. Yeah, we we definitely can't wait to take Ollie out on the road with us, and he's. He's six months old this Friday, so I mean, by the time we get on the road, hopefully he'll be close to learning to walk and stuff. So yeah, we can't wait for for what those adventures might bring. So fingers yeah. crossed, we get moved 
soon um final question for you guys how can people follow your adventures what what are the best social media networks for them to find you on so we mainly just have our instagram we have our facebook but we don't really use it that much so our instagram um is breeze of the bus so it's at b-r-i-s-a-t-h-e-b-u-s um and that's our main handle that we really use often amanda's one is mainly in portuguese for her business so i'd say that the bus instagram would be where everyone can find us okay fantastic we'll we'll put those links in um, the show notes and just a final uh, kind of thing from us natalie and amanda thanks so much for being our first international podcast guests thank you can't wait yeah that's cool and thank you so much for putting the time aside there's a massive time difference isn't there so for us it's 25 to 12 25 to midday here what time is it there with you it's uh, almost 11 yeah no no 10:38 10:38 right that that would be my bedtime if i was over there <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we really appreciate you guys putting the time aside and i know you're with friends at the moment so you know thanks for taking your time out from being with your friends as well appreciate appreciate you sharing the story can't wait for us to put it live and um hopefully we can encourage more people to follow you as well yeah, for sure. awesome. thank you thank you for so inviting us. us thank you so much and i see Keep you on the road <laughs> yes hopefully thank you once again for listening to our podcast we hope that natalie and amanda's adventures have inspired you to maybe drive off into the sunset yeah i'd love to drive off into the sunset we can't even drive off into the rain at the moment <laughs> um this podcast again i really enjoyed it and there was so much that i learned from from the couple um one big thing i think it was really nice to hear from kind of a a digital nomad someone who's making their living on the road by uh, selling online ebooks and things like that so really nice to hear that that is possible and and they're doing it and being successful what about you i think it's such a strain on a new relationship as well kind of living in such a small confined space and how they've made it work how they seem to thoroughly enjoy each other's company which is obviously the same for us but yeah when we first got together I couldn't imagine saying hey Al come on (laughs) let's move in the van yeah I think they were like really honest with the fact that look you know van life or bus life isn't this you know rose tinted spectacles all the time you know when the weather's bad you are thrown together in a really small space and you really need to like like each other and get on with each other (laughs) so that is something to think about I guess if you are thinking of uh, doing van life as a couple um, great if you're solo though I bet (laughs) it's going to be great fun with the four of us (laughs) oh god we'll see what happens anyway moving on if you enjoyed this episode we'd be very grateful if you could share it with your friends and family so that we can reach more people with these amazing stories don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode you can also follow our own adventures by connecting with our website and social media channels links are in the show notes and feel free to reach out and say hello we'd love to know what you think of our podcast so far and also where you're listening from so that's it for now look forward to connecting with you on the next show take care and stay safe everyone